0: Count to three. Come with me, and you'll be in a world of. Do re mi fa sol la do.
1: You have found Daniel Donato's lost highway. Yeah! That lost highway. say it three times that'd be a little bit cliche uh this is the lost highway the first installment first episode with daniel donato as curated envisioned thought of dreamed of distributed by daniel donato uh, this is me speaking to you out of my alto and tenor range out of the nasal cavity of my voice giving you all the twang that you need Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I was sitting on this leather couch that I own thinking about how am I going to uh, provide people just a little bit of backstory about what's going on with my life and, and, and just a little bit about me, and I realized, just go to YouTube. <laughs> There's an immense amount of interviews and uh, stories and clips about uh, literally going back to almost my first stage performance years ago, and, uh, but basically 10 years ago. I started playing on the street for money, out of a, uh, taking tips out of a Converse shoebox and I just had this epiphany that I want to play music as long as I can f- uh, for the rest of my life because it makes my life uh, a little bit better and it makes some of the people who watch me play just makes their lives a little bit better in the moment and uh at taking that shrek ogres or onions metaphor and applying that to myself in the 10 years that that this has been i've become incredibly intrigued by the psyche of the musician the archetype of the musician and uh, i've realized that the keys and tools used to achieve greatness in the field of music uh, widely, or or somewhat the same uh, keys and tools used to achieve greatness in other fields of humanity and other walks of life. And uh, so my, my ethos with this podcast is to talk to the greats who are out there doing whatever the fuck they want to do and uh, take some of the keys that they're using and translate them over to y'all so y'all can get out there and do whatever the fuck you want to do. Because we live in this incredibly changing fast-paced time where with enough ownership and positivity and drive and vision and persistence I believe you can get out there and do whatever you want to do as well (laughs) Um, unless I start getting sponsorship money if certain mattresses gives me some money we're going to start talking about spine decompression but that might be a different talk for a different day before we introduce the guest it's not we, it's just me sitting here in my studio alone. Um, I want to talk about some of the things I got coming on for everyone who does know about Daniel Donato and Cosmic Country, the world that this is. Uh, we do have, between September 26th and October 22nd, we have 15 shows spreading out from the Midwest to Europe. First time going to Europe under my own name. I've been there several other times with other artists and bands that i played in, but never as me now. I'm excited for the Autobahn because we're going to Germany, and I've gotten many speeding tickets in my life. Uh, So I want to thank my agent for that, and I want to thank everybody who's already messaged me on Instagram in languages I can't understand, asking if they can come to the shows. One of my heroes, unbelievably kind man to take the time and come and sit with me in my living room and talk shop and life, and music and guitars, and my lack of facial hair, is Mr. John Osborne of the extremely well-critically-acclaimed powerhouse band, modern country band that is Brothers Osborne. This is an act that, no matter what, if you listen to country or not, you kind of love them, (laughs) because there's this relatability and humanity and honesty and timelessness to their sound, and that is not bourgeois appraised. This is a real thing that I feel consistently whenever I listen to them. Um, and I think a lot of other people do. I, I went and saw them for the first time earlier this year at their three-night sold-out residency at the Ryman Auditorium. That's 32-some-odd hundred tickets each night of people taking time and cash out of their lives to say, I want to come here and see and feel what you have to say. That's a real special thing. Uh, that's what I want to do one day, and I tried to talk to John about uh, what the story was like coming into that reality, and what's it like now, and what's it like moving forward, and how do you stay inspired, and what's it like being six foot four? Because damn, I'm five foot nine. But hey, we both wore faded blue jeans, we both wore cowboy boots, and we were jacked up on caffeine, and we're both hyper conscientious thinkers, so the conversation flows extremely well, and it's just a good listen. and and really like uh he's just great at being himself which is what all the great artists and creators are they they created this vision for themselves they saw it they had the bravery to pursue it and persistence to make it happen so to kick off the first episode mr john osborne
0: All right, kick this shit off, man.
1: I think we're kicking. I think we're rolling. Nice. What's up, man?
0: What is up, dude? How are you?
1: I'm fantastic.
0: Good. Your pops just went and got us some coffee. As he does. But a caffeine up.
1: Everything that uh, is content. Uh, created from my mind and put out into the world my dad does yeah with me. so like the entire cosmic country thing and everything video wise it's me and, and my dad
0: that's awesome so where do you do these it's videos that way
1: uh down in spring hill
0: they are trippy as hell up. and i love every bit man, of it man thank They're you so weird you got an incredible uh incredibly obscure avant-garde sense of humor and i'm all about it man i like yeah, weird man. it's weird and Dude, so good
1: y'all's uh video treatment for uh well, I can't remember the song, but it was... It was,
0: my fault, or there was that one, and then there was a Shoot Me Straight. There was the Shoot Me Straight we did... Um,
1: there was a real cosmic one.
0: Yeah, well, Shoot Me Straight we did something that was kind of looking from green screens, and yeah. th- the premise to, of that was, you know, we do not I don't particularly love doing music videos because they seem contrived, which they are by nature. And I'm like, well, let's shoot a music video about us not wanting to do a music video. Of so the premise was like basically... Um, we have people come and get the pitch us this treatment for a video, and then we're like, you know, this sucks. We don't want to do it. And then, you know, they they were the fake directors, and then their ploy was to shoot me and TJ in, a, in the neck with like darts, or like, you know, basically. And I think they put chloroform on me or whatever, knocked us out, put us in front of a green screen, and yeah. made us perform in a video that we didn't want to be in. And uh, it gets it kind of unfolds from there, and it gets really kind of weird and trippy and goofy, but. Yeah. You know, it- here's my my thing. And that's a digress yeah. no, too I much love into digress. this stuff love is it. is like I have this general philosophy about about music and musicians and artists in general is that How so? is that. You, I think it's really important to take what you're doing very seriously. Like you clearly yeah. do. The reason why you're great at what you do is because you sat down and you really take it seriously. Yeah, yeah. But don't take yourself seriously, because at the end of the day, yeah. if you're the best guitar player in the world, you're still just a guitar player. It's not like that's you're right. curing cancer. Right. So like, Get over yourself, man. Just have fun and be goofy in the process. That that's my own that's my own uh, sage advice. I'm just oh. spilled coffee everywhere. Oh damn! I'm not even caffeined up yet.
1: You know I'm renting. Oh, good. So this is funny. someone else's problem. Slamming it, don't need it. <laughs> man, that's so great to hear. That's so funny because, like, to acquire a scale like guitar, it requires this weird balance of, of having dedication and then also like exploring your taste and exploring the muse and like tr- yeah. finding things that inspire you. Yeah. But it really is. Have you heard of this term called?
0: Oh, oh yeah. Cool. Your pops it's, is to the rescue. Damn.
1: Thank you, man. We're gonna get the budget for a paper yeah, towel he just person. Brought one day, in
0: though. some uh, brawny, so we're good yeah. to go.
1: Awesome. When's that brawny check coming <laughs> in the mail? <laughs> Brought Dude, to you by. There's a thing called phenomenology. Phenomenology basically is this thing that is unidentifiable, like in terms of measuring it. It's like sure. it's not like a dB, it's not a frequency, but it's basically this term we use is like, why do certain things never really die? It's like, why do you, when you when you hear like thriller, right? Or like when you hear Africa, yeah, or something, yeah, like on the house music, like you're always like yeah and what is that like? yeah it's and like it's timeless it's that thing that I, I that don't know what fun. that is it's phenomenology that phenomenology, yeah it's like that's a scientific term, I think, to like kind of describe the euphemism that you said, which is like always have fun,
0: yeah, just always have fun and always be genuine and always you know don't always try to just be yourself if you if you can and sometimes it's scary to be yourself, you yeah. know, and it's terrifying i mean if if you relate that to what we do, I mean I don't know. What you did as, as, as a kid, you know, yeah. practicing guitar or whatever. But the only reason you get to a certain level that you're at is because you don't want to suck. And then yeah. you kind of grow. Oh, I want to sound like that guy. Yeah. And then like a couple months later, you're like, No, I want to sound like that guy because that guy's cool. Truth of, of the matter is, you'll never sound like either, either of those guys. And those guys no. won't sound like anyone else, right? Um, but you, you, I think you carry this with this thought with you from from youth. At least I do. I'll speak for myself. That you constantly suck or like you're not quite have not achieved that thing and I think when you get to a point where you're like hang on it's okay to just be me it's okay to sound like me I think that's a, an awakening I think Whoa, it's really important to do absolutely. that but I think when you mentioned Thriller you mentioned Africa I don't think those guys were trying to do anything I mean, right like Quincy yeah. Jones wasn't like let's try to make a hit record Quincy Jones was like let's just make music and I also happen to be a genius so it's gonna be great you know hmm.
1: Genius talent is this term I heard the other day where it's like you can kind of uh, aspire to genius in your own self by like not putting on a pedestal of a thing. And it's like like the sense of possessing genius within your talent.
0: Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, and I've also heard as genius, you know, being referred to. I mean, this could be uh, complete and utter bullshit, but <laughs> that people like have said in the past that genius isn't something that you have or that you are. It's uh, something that is above you. It's like spiritual, uh, and I think certain people are just more able to tap into that. So you know, you know how when you know you have a gig and you play great, but then every once in a while you have a gig where it's like it's like it's just fire. Like you don't know why yeah, you're just yeah. really really on. It's like you have tapped into something. That's the yeah, same definitely. thing like when you see. Like Steve Ray Vaughn or whatever, that yeah. dude is lost. Or Hendrix, that dude is gone. gone. The, the, the body's yeah. there. The dude is gone. He has left the building, oh, and he just, like tapped into this, Whoa. this kind of metaphysical thing above him. But that's what you know people would state. That's what genius is. You know, it, you want to think, oh, I'm great, or I'm this, or I have this mental capacity. But really, it should be I somehow every once in a while I'll tap into something greater than I am.
1: Whoa, man! I think you've done this several times. Probably <laughs> Yeah What is Like can you Can you almost say that Like As you Get older As you get more successful You keep creating Yeah like You're able to tap into this thing more
0: You know I, I, I don't I don't know I, I think sometimes I think about this a lot actually I, I think yeah. sometimes it, it inhibits it If you let it end I Admittedly Have let that happen Because Really well, Let what happened. Well, like I'm, I'm less able to tap into that thing Hold more on. because, for a multitude of reasons, um, I think, you know, you're like you're a thinker. I'm, I'm a thinker. Yeah. I'll just sit there. And fit, I'm in silence. My brain is just going I a million miles it. a minute. But yeah, it's good in some degrees. But in other degrees, is. you can kind of think yourself backwards and totally. I have a tendency to like, you know, instead of just going, you know, screw it, man. Whatever happens, happens. I'm just going to play guitar and have as much fun as possible. That's when I'm at my best, right? Well, Well, instead I'm like, well, I'm thinking, okay, well, when I was, you're 24 years old. When I was 24 years old, all I gave a shit about was like, girls, smoking weed and playing guitar. And that's all I did. And it was so much fun. It was so simple. I was broke, but I didn't care. You were broke at 24? Oh, so broke. I didn't have any money. Well, I was just gigging. At 24, let's see. At 24, I was gigging. Was, yeah, I was just taking every gig under the sun. I think I might... It was right at the tail end of me waiting tables. I waited tables for like Where would you wait tables at? At the Country Music Hall of Fame. Damn, just, I'm playing c- there soon. Oh, nice, man. That's cool. But a side note, my brother and I have um, an exhibit there. It's the American yeah. Currents exhibit, totally. which is super rad to think that like a dude... Actually, my brother worked there too. Dudes that worked in the Hall of Fame get to have a have their silly clothes in there as well. But anyway, that's that's all a side note. Well. But so you get to a point where you're just like overthinking your life. So here I am at 37. Hmm. I'm like, okay, you're back when I was 24, it was very simple. And I feel like I was a, wow. a better guitar player, at least wow. I was a more honest guitar player. What now? I'm like, how so? Well, I didn't care as much, I was just like having fun. I'm starting to get back there now. I feel like we're kind of reaching the crest of this battle we've been on with like. Trying to promote to radio and doing press and all that stuff—that is the antithesis of what you and I really want to do. All we want to do is play guitar, right? That's it. But then you get caught up in the rigmarole of like trying to be in the music business, yeah. and I feel like it inhibits that, you know. Well. Um. So I, anyway, uh, uh, it takes me forever to explain myself because I'm. I idiot, love but, it though. That's so good. But children. that that is. How I feel like when you ask the question, does it somehow take away, or do you find it easier to tap, into you actually find it harder? However, I'm taking necessary steps to, to get back into it, just to, you know, turning it off, being able to mentally turn things off. What does that I've look been like? like? Meditating a lot more, okay. you know.
1: Are you doing certain to, times of the day? Are you like waking up? Just
0: whenever I can. Yeah. You know, I'm not. Are not, you a
1: scheduled guy? Like when you're not on the God, road? God,
0: no, I have no schedule at all. Yeah. No. Just, yeah. No, no, I'm terrible. I'm an idiot. Like we had tried to have coffee <laughs> two weeks ago, and I was like, dude, I totally bailed on you. I forgot. I'm still. Like I, I've aged in some ways, but I'm still as irresponsible <laughs> as I ever was.
1: Damn, that's so fun though. <laughs> so it sounds like you're you're not like a very neurotic person about certain things.
0: Not certain things, other things that can be. But I mean, I'm a workaholic, you know.
1: So if you don't have a schedule, and say you get home, you have two, three weeks home. What does that mean? Being Oh,
0: uh, that mean well, I'm a workaholic, so I'll I'll find something to do if I'm not. On the road, I'm writing because our publisher will book rights for us. So I can't sit around and not do anything for very long. I start to go crazy. Um, I'll do writing. You know, I'll, I'll get down to my studio, start making demos, start coming up with ideas, start coming up with concepts. I'm not doing that. I'll do yard work. I can't sit still. Damn. Um, just a. I'm a workaholic. Uh, you know. Ninety percent of the time is great. Ten percent of the time, it's bad because I stress myself out. But
1: dude, yeah, of course. Yeah,
0: but I'm not neurotic yeah. about other things. A lot of things just don't really bother me. But I just have to work. You know. Um, our our dad uh, and our mom. Our mom was a hairdresser, but our dad's a plumber. He's 65. He works still 60 hours a week. And oh, that was instilled in us just to work your ass off. And if you work really hard, things will come.
1: God, same thing here. Yeah. Same thing here. Yeah, absolutely. I can't remember not ever thinking that in life.
0: Yeah, not working yeah. hard. Yeah, yeah. well, absolutely. And you also have to enjoy it, too. You know, it's like... Was it was Right. Th- you know what I'm saying? I think you look at someone like Andre Agassi, you know, is he um, will forever be one of the greatest, you know tennis players of all time and um, but then you you read interviews with him now later in life and he hates it and he resents it, you know, mm-hmm. and the only reason he did it was because he was forced to do it and that's sad, mm-hmm. man, mm-hmm. to know like to, to to achieve such greatness and then resent it at the same time. Whereas thing. like uh, someone like you or someone yeah. like me, the only I think the only reason why we're here where we are is because we actually enjoyed the process. You have to enjoy the process.
1: God, dude, so many successful people say that. Yeah. And like, no one in high school or in college has has said ever said that. No, Never because really in high school this. it sucks. It's boring. Sucked terrible. God damn, it's awful. Were you playing gigs in high school? Were you doing um, music? I
0: wasn't doing a lot of gigs. I was more of like a band nerd. Like, I had a, a, a college, or, sorry, a high school band.
1: Has it always been guitar? You played mandolin, um, too? I and played mandolin. I, I the play a bunch Lyman. of
0: other instruments, like, okay, but... Yeah. My initial instrument was violin, and I was absolutely horrible at dude, it. I was what? like way too big, and I didn't understand how this thing worked. Were you was, always big? I were you always a tall? Just kind of always a big dude, and then yeah. uh, I was absolutely miserable. And then our teacher put my brother and I, who were both equally as bad. Um, um, so we both uh, were moved to bass, upright bass. <laughs> and then that was actually cool because we're like big dudes. And, and that actually went really well. We picked that up pretty quickly. And then, um, you know, so I was doing like... Orchestra and all that stuff, and then um, I was just learning guitar on the side. Damn! And then um you know we played with our dad like on the weekends, like Your we cover played? gigs. Yeah, our dad would sing and play guitar. And whoa, were but, you um, singing then too? No, I don't particularly love singing. I've never been. A, I, I don't like it. I, I do it because I have to. Because yeah. my brother's singing and. I'll sing harmonies on the records, and I can sing. I can hold a tune well enough to make sense of a melody. But
1: well, when did you start doing that?
0: Um, I I've always have done it out of necessity. Wow. You know what I'm saying? I know yeah. I was never like, man, this is my time to shine. Yeah. I just wanted to stand behind a curtain and play guitar. It just made me so happy, you know. And then uh, when when I got older, then I learned how to kind of perform and actually enjoy myself. Yes. Know, like my body language as a guitar player, and we're, we're all different. You have a great body language and posture on stage. We all have our a guy on stage and a guy yes. off stage, you know? Yes, yeah, But man. singing, man, I, I absolutely hated it. But just through necessity, I had to do it. Just picking up gigs and having yeah. to sing harmonies. But, you know, I love when I don't have to sing because I just close my eyes and lock in with a band. It yes. feels good. But it's for some people, man. It's for wow. you. It's for my brother. It's not really for me. But I do it because I have to.
1: Dude, we when we, uh, my dad and I went and saw you, saw y'all play at the Rhyme, and I think y'all were doing three nights. Yeah, we sold three out. three nights, yeah. Yeah. Um, absolutely uh just literally jaw-dropping just like a relentless oh thanks man a relentless thing
0: thank you yeah man. yeah well and there was an there was an energy in there absolutely yeah, yeah
1: man well i've gone and seen y'all also um years ago when you guys opened for tedeschi trucks
0: oh yeah man and i think
1: it was an earlier phase it was a different yeah thing.
0: we were still kind of figuring ourselves out there but we i mean we had established who we were as a band but yeah. we were still kind of figuring ourselves we were just We were all just sick, nervous. I was actually strangely texting. You know Charlie Starr? Yeah. You know how I was was texting him this morning? And um, he's out with Tedeschi Trucks right now. And he's like, it's just literally like going to school every night watching that dude play guitar. And really, any of those people in states are just miraculous. And then, um, But I remember literally not being able to sleep the night before because I'm such a fan of him. I grew up a huge Allman Brothers fan. I grew up a, a, a Susan Tedeschi fan before... They were even an object, it's like right? Angel eyes, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, you know, I was obsessed with with all these people, you know. And then, of course, like we're, we're opening and it's at the Ryman, and I know like every damn person out in that room. is a, a guitar player. player. And of course, there's a million of us out there. Look over, okay? Cool. Got three traps over there chilling on the side. I'm just like mortified. Oh, and Derek Trucks is backstage. I just want to kill myself. But then huh. you fast forward a couple years later, and we played a lot of shows. Um, Then we did three shows at the Ryman, and it was a completely different feeling. I mean, it was... Playing the Ryman is always an amazing experience. It's just there's something very special about performing at the Ryman. But doing our own shows, it was like... It felt like we'd really achieved something, which we did, I think, right? (laughs) And um, there was this element of, like, excitement, like Christmas, you know, like the day before, like Christmas Eve, you can't sleep because you're you're so jacked. It's like that it's and then like the good nerves, like those really good n- nerves, you know. Love that. And it was like 3 days of that, man. It was it was incredible. Whoa, playing the runner. It was it was awesome.
1: There is this crazy uh, there is just this crazy synchronicity with the energy. It's was, wicked, right? It was absolutely wicked. It's like this instant response thing. Yeah, but
0: it's, it's you know we recorded those shows. We oh, recorded yeah. the, the the um the second and third night. The first day uh, that we played yeah. was tacked on later. Uh, we couldn't do... It was just kind of scheduling-wise. We had to put mm-hmm. it like two days before the show, whatever, not making it. any sense. But we recorded night two and night three. Night two it was really good, um, but the band knew we were being recorded, so they were like trying to play right and play play uh-huh. good, which in turn, when you try, that's the problem. When you get to a certain level, you you stop trying and just do it. And then uh-huh. when you start trying, you just kind of suck, you know? Uh,
1: dude, how much of what you do now is trying? Not on really stage.
0: anymore on stage. No, that's you don't want to try, you know. You don't want to try, you just want to do it. Ooh. Trying is when you start thinking, right? Trying is when you start thinking. Like, I don't think someone like I don't think a gold medal Olympic athlete is like I don't think Usain Bolt is thinking left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right. <laughs> he's just it, he's doing it, and he goes right. Yeah. And I think musicians are the same way. The second you stop trying and you just do what you have worked your ass off to, to do, that's Whoa. when. That's when you do it, you know. I don't ever see you on stage. I mean, you're playing your ass off, and it's so fast and amazing. But it doesn't ever look. There are some players I see do that. And I'm like, oh my god, is he going to make it? But I never feel like that with you. I'm like, because you're not trying. You're just no. doing it. No, yeah, I know. This I'm going to I know it's very instinctive, um, but you didn't just pick up the guitar that morning and go, "I'm going to try to play really fast." It took a long time to get there. It right? Takes forever. It takes forever.
1: It's also a thing that takes a uh, belief. Yeah. You actually got to believe you can do this thing. That's the crazy thing about yeah. getting better is like the only reason you know you're not good when you're when you're not good is cuz of your taste. Right. And that's why you start. You yeah. don't start yeah. at first to start getting results. It's like you start to just pursue your taste.
0: Yeah, you really do, don't you? You know, I you know, I would say though when I was a kid I had no yeah. taste. Oh. At all. I mean, I don't know. I just want to <laughs> I think my it stemmed from me being like just really shy as a kid and I was a nerd and I was like, you know, so Athletically inept, that I you Dale. know wasn't going to grow on to be a professional athlete, and um, I just played the guitar, and it just made me happy. Yes. So I was just like, "This is what I want to do." You know, I'm I'm a nerd. I have I don't really fit in with anybody. Of course. I have a lot of, a lot of like, friends, like fringe friends, you know, mm-hmm. and um, but and then and then eventually when I learned how to use it as as a form of expression, that's mm-hmm. where it all kind of took off for me.
1: Whoa, yeah, totally. Yeah. How old were you when that happened?
0: um i started when i was like 13 or something like that but i wouldn't say that i really i really felt like i could use it as a form of expression until i was about 17 or 18 well when i got to a point where i was like oh wow you know do you do you remember like kind of the day not really the day but the kind of the time where like it you 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 look at the guitar and you're like oh man i got this yeah i see where everything is now all the things i feel and i want to say in my heart and my mind and Whatever that thing is, um, that symbiosis, yes. you are able to kind of say it. Maybe not perfectly, but you like you know how to get there. Your vocabulary is right. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where it all kind of starts to take off. Oh man, you know absolutely. And, and that's you know it's like I feel like you know the fretboard really really well. I know it really well. You, know, you look at guys like Guthrie Trapp, who's like is a, just a freak. He's like a I mean, the, the the dude could like play it with his eyeballs. It's really amazing. But then, but then you have a guy. Then you have like someone that just doesn't know the guitar well, but yeah. just knows how to speak with a couple of notes. I mean, it's all the same. It's all expression. It's all saying what what you want to say. You know, right, man. And it's all
1: communication. It is all communication.
0: Yeah. And I think I am like digressing like crazy. But no, it's all on track. It really is. But there is this misnomer when you're. A young musician, especially mm. with guitar, I think, yeah, and uh, it's probably drums would be the worst example of this that there's this like like success or being a good musician is linear, like okay you 're not good and then you 're the best, and it 's just straight line mm. when it 's not art is not there's nothing linear about art art is is three dimensional art's twenty dimensional right there's no explaining it, like you talk phenomenology you can 't yeah. explain certain things about art you can't explain why you look at a painting on the wall and it really hits you in the heart like or you have that visceral feeling of like that's yes. amazing why i don't know you just feel it and um that Whoa. that's art right so when when i was younger all i care was like i got to be faster 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 <laughs> faster, faster. Brent, mason, brent mason brent mason brent mason same here and then i was obsessed yeah. right and then um i was like man i just sound like i have really shitty Brent Mason <laughs> and I was like I just want to kind of break off and kind of start trying to who I am and I was like oh man I'm just being myself and then I realized then that's when I started going back and listening to like Nirvana again mm-hmm. and being like dude that's an, that's like blowing my mind right mm-hmm. when I listened to it as a kid I was like rebellious but then you listen to it when you're older and you're like wow that's something really special I mean the solos that, he, that Kurt Cobain was playing are as good as anything that Brent Mason is playing it it's useful. Expression.
1: This form, like this idea, I've been trying to come up with, is like, um, or live with recently, is like, what is useful on the guitar? Useful. Like, like yeah. What is a useful thing? And it's like, useful. Yeah. You listen to Nirvana. It's like every strum is absolutely useful.
0: Absolutely useful. Everything. There's thing. so does not waste an ounce of anything. Right?
1: I wonder. Yeah. You it's know. just all based on the situation too. It's like if you were to shred over a Nirvana song, and it wouldn't feel right.
0: It would be so awful. It'd
1: be bad. It'd be terrible. It'd be fucking weird.
0: Yeah, it would be so weird and Wouldn't so uncalled for.
1: It's also like certain music, like you're talking about multidimensional. It's like the the crazy thing, like y'all were doing live is like, I think in some verses it was like your drummer was like going to like the SPDX pad yeah, on like the hi-hats and then chorus-wise he like goes back to the acoustic kit. Yeah. And it's like that level of technicality, like. Like make sense with like how technical of all the shit that you're doing on the guitar, yeah, sure, yeah, and all I mean, the progressions that are it, happening
0: again, and it all goes back to expression, it's like yeah. how are what are you trying to say, and how are you saying it that's really what it boils down to and um and the and that pad, just you know, as a disclaimer, oh yeah, is um there's you know there are some bands that are super track heavy, and again, not my cup of tea, but yeah good on them that's just what is in their hearts and Same, yeah. that's great man so, y'all should express yourself that way you should. Um, but we use that simply because um, it's cheaper than hiring somebody just to hit a tambourine every like eight bars <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know what I mean it's like oh, but that could be like you know a few hundred dollars a night or just our drummer hitting a, a pad um, so that's, that's purely financial
1: <laughs> oh, you gotta be a businessman though
0: yeah I mean I'd yeah, be a businessman we're, we're musicians man any dollar you make is is a, is a miracle, Ooh. and we don't want to give that up. You know, Damn. we can always go back.
1: You guys got it good though. You're doing the thing where it's like I feel like, especially in country music, where it's like people really do love realness. Like they relate to the thing that's real. And it's yeah. like you hear of all these people say like I don't like country music, but like I like Chris Stapleton, exactly. I like Eric Church, I like yeah. Chris Osborne. It's like yeah, love exactly. all these acts. It's a real thing. It's like really like what they're saying which I maybe they just haven't thought all the way through is I like real things. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, you guys have built like this incredible vibe. Yeah. At show it feels like it almost feels like an office meeting. Yeah. but Like in the meeting. coolest way. <laughs> it's like everyone's involved. Like yeah. when I was there at the show, dude, this, uh, this woman who was in the fan club brought maybe 50, 60 plus pieces of paper that all, all had burning man on them. Really? <laughs> and it's like she wanted everyone in like these first seven or eight rows to like raise them up.
0: Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, it what well, it should feel like that, right? I <laughs> think one of the people that you mentioned a second ago was Eric Church. There is certainly this inclusive element to that. So when you go to an Eric Church show, like it he like he has, even though he's on stage, yeah. he's on the jumbotron, and there's all the lights on that stuff. He kind of like drops the barrier between him and the audience. He makes him feel involved, and I think that's that is a testament to why his career is as big as it is. Obviously, he's a great singer, a great songwriter, a great performer, the whole thing. But his relationship to his fans is, I think, the ultimate catalyst for Whoa. why he is who he is.
1: How can you do that with with just a guitar and not re- being like someone who's like an open singer? out of comfort, like if it's not something you really enjoy or didn't enjoy when you started.
0: Right. We mean singing?
1: Like uh like how do you feel honest and like how do you how do you put that barrier down if it's
0: Um well, because of singing you mean? Yeah. Or you know, I I it's purely like I said, it's all necessity. Yeah. And I need it's just I know it's it's I sing well with my brother instead of sibling harmony and and um, so, and that works, you know. I've learned to love it. It's something I've learned to love over time. But if I had a choice, I just want to play guitar. Like I said, this all stems. Like my brother is a very extroverted guy. Sometimes he can be introverted, but he's mostly extroverted. Mm. And he, I mean, he doesn't mind holding court with a lot of people, and he's really good at it. Um, I, on the other hand, if you go back to my childhood, you know, I was quiet. Our family was so loud, so rambunctious, always partying. You know, nine times out of ten, they were just laughing and carrying on. One time out of ten, they're all arguing and like about to break out of fisticuffs. It was just insanity growing up. But they're all like 100% people. They mm-hmm. love you 100%. They hate you. They hate you 100%. They'll like give the shirt off their back. They'll also take yours at the same time, and not you know they're just 100% people. They're they're amazing. Oh, but crazy. me, shy little John in the corner, just didn't say a word. I just played guitar. It was like my safe haven. It was like my security blanket. So, you know, when I, sing, I have to sing, I'm like, oh, man. I just, uh, I but I've learned, to, oh. I've learned to love it. I just don't feel like I can fully articulate myself that way.
1: Yeah, you man. Know. But you're a fucking boss up there.
0: D- oh, thanks, man. I mean, but I feel like when I'm playing, like if you took the guitar off of me, it would be, it's like being naked, be right? It's a different game, right? It's weird.
1: So all of a sudden, you're like, should I have worn this jacket? Yeah, no, i know, kind of like, a... sort of
0: covering up my junk. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, I don't know what I would do. I don't know. I've had to, like, stand on stage and give, like, like an acceptance speech or whatever. It's, it's mortifying. I think if I had a guitar, I'd be like, yeah, what's up? <laughs> but I have my guitar, so I'm like, oh, my God. I feel like I'm completely naked right now Whoa. on TV. And uh, I don't know if That's you real- feel that, but it's just a security blanket. It's like uh
1: I don't know. I feel like it's a different thing, like uh, subconsciously for me, when when I'm holding a guitar on stage versus the times when I'm not, which is so rare. Yeah. Just so rare. I've been doing a thing where it's like I put the guitar over my back now when I talk. Um, I saw Bruce did that, and it just looked so it cool. looks so cool. It so cool. And I just wanted to try it to kind yeah. of feel like Bruce for in between the songs at least.
0: Yeah, it's good. Well, I think you should you should learn how to have that confidence as a singer, as a, as mm. a front man, right? And uh, I think it's important to have that. I, on the other hand, I've never aspired to be a frontman ever. I've this. You so are though, littered. like. But I feel like you know, I I am in a way that like the side man guitar player is right. It's just so classic, right? It's but like kind of Aerosmith Classic Aerosmith. Smith. I mean, all those bands. Is that they, a
1: premeditated thing, or did like it just kind of manifest in that way with like what you were good at, what TJ was good at? It just
0: manifested itself that way. I mean, TJ, as soon as he hit puberty, it was like everything was way down. Here, <laughs> you, know, you know, he used to. You you know, he would, you know, get in trouble in school, take the bus home, run home, and beat the call to our house from, like, his teacher or whatever, and then answer the phone and be like, hello? Like, oh, yes, Mr. Osborne. TJ acted up in school today. He, you know, whatever he did, he he threw a stink bomb and such and such. Oh, wow, I'll be sure to let him know. So he'd always had, like, a deep voice. He could just sing. You know, and me, I was like, again, I I didn't say, I don't think I said a word until I was like 25 years old. And then, uh, (laughs) and then it was just guitar for me. It just, unfortunately, it has happened that way, that there was never a moment where it was like, Mm. this is my moment to shine. You know, we just kind of knew what we wanted to do.
1: Did you move here with Brothers Osborne? Was that the mission?
0: Um, no, I so I went to Belmont I went, when I was 18 I moved down here and then wow. I was like what was I'd your major it was uh bass actually upright bass wow and, um, and I, I'm I'm absolutely abysmal now I'm, I'm terrible I picked yeah. one up the other day I haven't played one in years it's really it's not like riding a bike trust me it's not even like playing guitar I feel like if you quit playing guitar for five years you figure. can kind of like yeah. fake, you can figure it out fake, fake whatever oh man when, when you're talking about intonation that is it was mostly intonation I am just absolutely terrible But so I did that, and um, I had mentioned earlier I was a workaholic. I didn't really know what I was going to do when I got to Nashville. I just knew that I was going to just work my ass off. Whoa! And that's what I did. It's such a
1: northeastern thing too. Must
0: must be. I guess it's just it's blue collar. It's like we just grew up working really, really, really hard. All my friends, all of our family. Just work hard. I mean, they don't really know what else to do other than work hard. They don't. No one expects anything to come to them. No one's entitled. They just go out there and get it. And um, so I, I, I didn't know, I don't know. I was like, I'm just gonna work really hard. And I'm an I'm an opportunist um, to a fault. I would just I would say yes to everything. Yeah, yeah. And I would play every gig. It didn't matter what it was. If it was bass or mandolin or guitar or steel guitar. But I don't know. I'll figure it out. And I'll just I'll do it right. And then, um, so I did that for a while, and then I, I joined a band called King Billy, which was with a yeah. guy with, like, Charlie Worsham was in the band, Josh Matheny, the dobro player, and Matt Utterback was, like, one of the best bass players on earth, and Kevin Weaver and a singer, Donnie Fogatter, and, you know, we were all just kind of young and dumb, but we were excited, and just, we did it, and, uh, and that's where I got all of my years in a van out of the way. Whoa, yeah. And uh, we did about five years in, in, a, in a van. And then, Damn. around that same time, we got signed to Chrysalis Publishing. Before they merged with BMG, and that's uh, they signed TJ as well because he was doing an artist thing. He was actually working for Phil Vasser. He's driving a truck, and then um, uh. and then so when that you know we were writing a lot of songs for the band. You know, everyone in the band would write, but some of the songs we were doing were what my brother and I were writing because we had mm-hmm. a good rapport. Obviously, His brothers, writing together, and then um and you know which is funny. Like, admittedly, I hate even admitting this, but I didn't really love writing either until a couple years after that I always looked at it as like okay this is a method to get me to play guitar right I'll write a song that'll be fun to play guitar on and then um, it took me a few years to actually fall in love with that now I love songwriting it's like one of my favorite things and um, so when that band disbanded he and I were doing shows together people started coming out publishers came out we got dropped from our publishing deals publishers came out signed up the two of us (sighs) six months later record labels were showing up even after we told them not to because we we didn't we weren't even really trying we were just no please don't show up and then we got offered a deal that's like the cliff's notes version of whoa. that. but um so when i moved here i didn't know i was like i just want to play guitar and i'm gonna work my ass off and that's where it led me it's just that's where the river took me whoa man. yeah
1: not really saying no
0: not really saying no. I, I I didn't say no. I still am not very good at it. Um, wow. Because
1: – Do you have to even say no to things now or is it
0: – I fortunately have people say no for me there you, now, yeah, which the- is an um, incredible position to be in. And I think the people that work for us, like our management and, and all those types of people, know – My brother has no problem. He'll tell you to go fuck yourself in a second. I am a total softie. i would be like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'll do it. So they know that about me, so they try to protect that. And uh, but I've gotten to a point now where I can say no, and I know that who I said no to is probably going to understand why. Mm. Whereas before, I didn't really ever feel like I had a justifiable reason to say no. Yeah, so totally. just do it.
1: Is it is it like having gained success at something that kind of like lets you have that? Yeah, sounds like a belief in yourself.
0: Yeah, I think there is an element of belief in yourself, knowing that before I was like if I say no that was my, that was an opportunity missed. man
1: that's a real thing
0: it's a real it's a real thing whereas you know now I'm like well I, I say no I've, that was that is a skill I had to learn hmm. and I say no now because I, I I have to you know I mean I don't have enough time really in the in the week to do a lot of things and you know I've got a wife and family here and I'm like I, I've got to make time for that and that's something that you also have to learn at some point you have to take personal time you know especially for someone that is a musician and is finally making some money I'm like I don't want to turn down money but you have to what's money's not worth shit if you're not happy and your personal life isn't great
1: that's a real thing yeah
0: that's yeah. a real thing real thing that's wow. probably the realest thing that I've said this whole, this whole interview
1: what yeah that's Damn. Le- that is legit so what what's the thing then like if you spent so much time and you spent all this drive, you had all this belief in yourself, I'm going to make this happen, I'm going to make this happen, which really, like, saying you're going to have a career in music and, like, asking that out of the world, like, you got to have a crazy amount of belief in yourself, even if you're not acknowledging it. Yeah. It's, like, to actually get it and, like, have people around you where you can keep sustaining it and growing it and, like, the money that comes with it, that's an extra stress. What do you do to stay inspired? Are you um, Are you going home and, like... Are you playing guitar a lot when you're off the road? Are you?
0: Yeah, I do. I do. You know, I because I love it. Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't play guitar. I can't turn it off. I, mm-hmm. I, I I would say like, um, you know, I I don't I don't practice like I used to, and I think it shows. Um, I I can tell. Maybe I don't think most people probably could, but I can definitely tell. Yeah. It's but really-, really, it's about finding the time to do it and I, and I, this is bothering me lately i like i need to work back in that i need to work that back into my life into my schedule cuz now it's like what little time i have i just want to spend it with my wife or spend it with the family that i have here and friends and um, because i work really really hard so i need to kind of start readjusting some things in my life to get back to a more progressive state um, uh, now i'm just way too wrapped up in the everything else other than guitar and practicing Whoa. with like Writing and business meetings and all this other bullshit that I really don't care about. I mean, I love writing, but all the business stuff I don't. I don't really like. Um,
1: I've always found like when I'm most financially sound, like my priorities, like with what comes to me in music, is way more simple. Like my my desires are lessened.
0: Yeah, I guess that's true. I I, I, there might be one way that we're different because when I was broke, um, it gave me drive. And I had less oh, anxiety, yeah. but now like when I, I'm doing well now and I, I'm not saying I, my level of drive is the same, but I'm yeah. kind of spending it elsewhere. <laughs> and, um, and now I'm just like anxious <laughs> for no apparent reason. Damn. It's weird, man. It's a, it's a, re- that's a real thing where people are like, you know, money doesn't buy you happiness, which is the cliche that we've all heard. And it's absolutely true. It does not buy you happiness. And, um, but it also it gives you this new layer of stress. Like, wow, this is. Before, like I said, when I was twenty, when I was your age, I was like 20, 24, I was like just smoking weed, and um, you smoking weed is
1: progressive though. Like it, you can still get things done. Oh,
0: no, 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 no. I was extremely progressive when I was yeah. twenty four years old. I was working my ass off. I was still working as hard as I ever did. But I had few. I just had a few designers. Like I was getting to get baked and play gigs and practice <laughs> and, and girls. Right. And yes. It was so simple. But um, but now it's like mm. I've got responsibilities. Beautiful, and I've got things to lose, and all of a sudden, wow, this is like newfound stresses that I have. So, it's weird, man. It's when you when you're young, like if someone just plopped down a big bag of cash in front of you, you like, cool, sweet, done. I got it. Then You don't realize, okay, oh my God, it's like it's like the ring. It's like you know, it's like Schmeagel, you know, it's like I've it's my precious. It's not that bad, but you're like, wow, I've got something to lose now. So it kind of keeps me on edge a little bit.
1: Schmiegel was. I was so terrified of Smeagol as a kid, you wouldn't even believe He's, it.
0: He was, he was mortifying, but the sweet little thing, all he wanted was just, you know. He wanted the one he thing. He just wanted some crack. That's <laughs> what it was. Just a little crackhead. Desires,
1: <laughs> man. I think it's like just simplify your desires. That's yeah. something we can learn from Smeagol.
0: You're right, man. That's exactly it. And it's easier said than done. You know, it comes easier to some people. And, you know, I, I look at my, my house and I've got a whole bunch of guitars and all these guitars that I've ever wanted. And I, and I and I'm so grateful that I have them. But part of me is like, man, fuck this. I'm just gonna sell all these guitars and keep two. Whoa. I feel like I'd be happier, you know. Whoa, just yeah. keep it simple. I
1: got like 20 guitars to keep in the kitchen, and it's R- like I walk out because it's the only place I can fit them in this house. Right. <laughs> it's like I sometimes I'm all out there. It's like this is kind of silly. Like I I was most inspired when I was in my parents' bedroom. I had one amp.
0: One amp. One guitar, one guitar yeah. a cable, and maybe a cool pedal that you acquired for nothing. And you know I um. Um, I How don't about- know if you're a Tony Joe White fan. But oh, Tony Joe yeah. White's the man, right? And uh,
1: just passed he, God out.
0: rest his soul, he's just yeah. passed away uh, not long ago. Uh, but such a fan of him and his swagger and his just general attitude, and he's just amazing. And yeah. We wrote one time, and he brought an electric guitar yeah. and a pedal, one of those is it like the um, the big tone bender pedals, like the OG one, like the probably the first year they made, and <laughs> like a tuner, but then no amp. So he's like, well, we need to get an amp. I was like, well, I don't have an amp. But I was like, hang on, Carter. Carter's is right around the corner. I'll call Christy, and she'll give us an amp. So I called her up. She's like, absolutely. Yeah. Tony Joe's the man, and obviously, John, I love you. So I just went by and got like a reissued deluxe or something, just something to make noise out of. So I was like, I got to go take the amp back. Do you want to pop on over to Carter's? He's like, yeah, sure. I'll go on over there. And So I go in. I'm like, Christy, this is Tony Joe. Walter's Tony Joe. Of course, everyone fucking loves him. And this dude... Doesn't care who you are. No, He I is just sh- so chill. Like, side note, he was like, man, some rapper cut one of my songs and uh, used <laughs> one of the something from it. I don't know. I can't remember his name. It's like Kane or something. Or like Kanye. Oh, yeah, that's him. Kanye. I'm like, Kanye West? Jesus. But like, he doesn't care. Like, that stuff does not register to him. He is gone. And, he, and so he. we went into Carter... And I like told Tony, just, I was like, man, look at all these guitars. Ain't that something? He goes, well, you can only play one of them. And I felt so stupid. And I was oh, like, yes, wow. you're right. I felt like Grandpa just dropped some, a huge nugget of wisdom on my brain. I was like, yeah, you're right. Tony, you know, he, just, he would roll around with just him and his Strat, and that was
1: it. That same black Strat, too.
0: Yeah. I think it was like a 71 or something like that, but... It's just whatever that strategy played was just full on mojo. It was all it was him. I mean I play the guitar it's just all in the, like hands, it's all in the hands, man. All the hands and
1: all in the heart. Anyway, Ooh. sorry, I'm
0: like Dude. don't even know where we started.
1: God, that's the great thing about
0: this Bobby coffee House. is like banging right. What is in this? <laughs>
1: that's dose.
0: <laughs> <laughs> dose.
1: Dose coffee. It really is like the coffee. I've lived here for like 2 years and I consistently go there. I go to other coffees, you know, and and cuz I don't want to be a closed-minded person. There's yeah. A lot of hip people in town trying to roast beans. The right oh way. yeah. But it's like it's Dose good shit. Does it.
0: Yeah, Duh. it's good shit. I pop in there for a cup before like a ride or something.
1: So you don't bring a you bring acoustic to your right.
0: I bring an acoustic to my to right. Kind of if I ride at my house, I have like a rig with like an electric guitar so I can play electric, right? Yeah. But you know, I feel like all my favorite songs, well, not all of them, but most of my favorite songs, all my favorite country songs were written. It's just an acoustic guitar. Oh, you know? It's a it's song just, calculator. It's a song calculator, right. Um, but I, I lately, in this part of my life, I, I need i need to get back to like, okay, I need to write like a Skynyrd song. Like that was a band, right? They played, they worked up a song, an arrangement, riff, yeah. and then Ronnie would just kind of like listen and then write lyrics down, right? Yeah. It wasn't like Ronnie wrote like Gimme Three Steps on an acoustic guitar. Or maybe did. Maybe it's a bad example, but or like working for MCA. Like you don't write a song like that on acoustic guitar. I mean right, that's dude. a band playing that. And um so I don't know. I feel like that's something that we want to incorporate into our, our next chapter.
1: Whoa, I can't yeah. wait to hear this. I'm not whatever I'm right. not
0: making any promises. Yeah. But I'm that's something that I <laughs> yeah, I would man. like to do.
1: Well, I'm sure like whatever visions that you have, like you've you've like some like in this incredibly genius way at least someone like me you've taken your influences you've taken your experiences and you've been able to process them in a way that's feels so original it's relentless thank you and resonates so extremely deeply
0: thank you man well i think that's what we're trying to do is we're all essentially an an amalgam of our influences but at some point you have to depart from that and go okay this is now this is who i am um because you know it doesn't i don't care who you are i mean you listen to anybody like yeah. you think no one's really like an original they, they're they all s- stemmed from something totally. i'm sure there are i'm i'm pinning with a wide brush here but you know you y- when true, i was a though. kid i was like oh my god brent mason yeah. is like that's the dude and then i grew up a little bit and i was like oh jerry reed oh mm-hmm. ah, okay yeah. Did you but know, jerry
1: reed though actually kind of is the dude. He kind of is so original. Like, who did that? Him and Chet, like, I feel like I feel like But they're, like, happens. two
0: completely different styles. Same time. Though. Same time. Same time. Same, same time. Toes but but when you hear a guy like that, or then when you hear, like, Steve Ray like, oh, my God. Damn. And then you hear Albert King, like, oh, uh, hang on. So it's like you, you can hear where they came from, that. but then at some point they had to go, okay, I need to stop doing this. I take what I've learned and then make a hard right turn and find out who I am. And that's kind of what I think the... I think that's what the process is. Whoa, that's really smart. Yeah.
1: That's I think, real. I don't know. Damn. Dude, that's some, that's some wisdom right there.
0: Yeah, I think. It's like, <laughs> don't, I'm full of shit. Don't listen to a word I'm that's
1: saying. That's like mid-30s plus wisdom.
0: Yeah, I think that's mid-30s plus wisdom, man. Yeah. I'm on the backside of 30. <gasps> yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's so great, though.
0: Yeah, it is. But, you know, again, I think... You're what, still his, wearing jeans? I'm still, Yeah, still wearing jeans. You know what I mean? Damn. My wife's Lucy, though. The, we um, but you know I don't know I think one thing I've gotten really really good at is just bullshitting on my way through interviews so there you go careful, cool. don't listen to a word I'm saying
1: well we did it for <laughs> like 40 something 38 minutes and that's stellar. yes indeed hope y'all felt something learned something gained something took something away I just hope something was going on up there while you were listening to this conversation uh, if y'all enjoyed what you heard drop me a line somewhere on all the places where your touch screen goes and you spend uh, at least seven hours a week screen time on um, the song playing right now is "Trying uh, to Cat Sunflower" Grateful Dead, uh, 417, 1972, and that was also the song "Shoot Me Straight" My Brothers Osborne that was playing in the transition section. Uh, talk to y'all later. Stay easy.